the all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. And Toolmark, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. One past five, wherever you may be listening around Western Australia. This is Sports Day WA with Peter Vlahos here on the SENWA Network. 21 past five. We spoke about the AFLW competition yesterday, and in particular, the comments of Michael Pryor, the West Coast Eagles AFLW coach, and the fallout to that. And I thought, let's let's take it a step further and speak to an individual that's right across the AFLW, has for a number of years, now is a journalist and sports writer for Code Sports. Eliza Riley is the person we're referring to, and Eliza has made her time available here on the program this afternoon. Eliza, thanks for joining us. <laughs> thanks, Pete. It's been quite the 24 hours in WLAN, so excited to get stuck into it. Your initial reaction when you heard Michael Pryor's comments after the West Coast Eagles were well beaten by Nam at the weekend? Bit of disbelief, if I'm honest, Um, because you look at the comments in isolation and you think about that, you know, it is a 10-round season and the reality is that not every team's going to play each other once. So on an external sort of, you know, very bird's-eye view of it, you think, okay, that's probably a fair point he's making. But then you dig a little bit deeper into the genesis of what Pye was, the point he was trying to make. And the reality is that West Coast have been handed pretty much the easiest draw out of any team in the AFLW. They've only won the one game so far in seven rounds and they've faced only three of the finalists from last year, which is the lowest amount of any team in the comp um, coming up against those teams who made the top eight last year. So the reality is that the comments were completely unfounded and the Eagles simply had to do better with the draw they've got. And uh, if you were a pragmatic AFLW coach, you'd be you're sort of embracing the opportunity to test yourself against the best of the best, which we know is Melbourne being the reigning premiers. It smacks of desperation, that comment. Uh, would it be fair to say that the Eagles have been a disappointment again in the early part of this season we, and we expected a bit more, hence... Maybe some of the comments made by Michael Pryor were from a desperate individual? Absolutely. The Eagles um, should have done better this season. They very very start back a few months ago, before the season even started, some of their key members of their program, like Emma Swanson, their captain, declared that we want to be a team that's going to be making finals this year. We believe we're at that stage of our development where we're going to be making the top eight. And then to come out and lose your first five games, you know, sort of barely scrape over the top of Port Adelaide, who were an expansion side last year. And, you know, the only team below you currently on the ladder is the Western Bulldogs. It's it's not good enough what we've seen from West Coast this season, and they've acknowledged that. But it's the fact that, you know, these comments are, you know, I don't know whether there was an attempt to sort of distract from the loss they just suffered. But the reality is that, the Eagles have been in the comp since 2020 now. Um, the three sides who came into the league alongside them that season are St Kilda, Richmond and Gold Coast. And all three of those sides have made the finals already or in St Kilda's case, look like they might make a run this season. So when you stack them up against what they came into the competition alongside, we expect more from the Eagles. And you look at the Eagles, 106,000 members, yet their attendances are just over 1,000 at Mineral Resources Park. We know everybody loves a winner, 
But your thoughts on the people that are coming out, and I think Frio in their previous game at Fremantle got about 2,000 people. We're now uh, certainly into the AFLW competition by a number of seasons. Are, are you expecting and did you expect more people to go to their games? It's a funny one with the AFLW games. There sort of seems to be a bit of separation between AFL men's fans and W fans. They seem to be not much correlation or crossover between those two fan bases. And we'd hoped it would have grown a bit bigger by now. And you look back a few seasons sort of before COVID and we were getting some pretty big crowds at AFLW games in Perth, sort of edging towards that 3,000, 4,000 mark. So it has dropped off a little bit. And I'm not sure whether it has been to do with the August time slot. But the other interesting thing this year is the AFLW is actually handing the revenue of ticket sales and, you know, attendances back to clubs for the very first time. So previously that revenue has gone straight back into the AFLW. But now the incentive is with clubs to attract members to their games and get members through the gate. So obviously whatever they're doing isn't quite ticking that box. But at the same time, as you mentioned, everyone loves a winner. And I'm not sure people are going to want to pay their money to go and watch the Eagles get smacked by 70 mm. points or Frio obviously struggling a little bit towards the back end of the ladder as well. Certainly I've been watching a bit of the AFLW in recent weeks and I must confess, uh, certainly the skill standards improve exponentially and so is the scoring. But Eliza, is there a problem in relation to some very strong sides, uh, powerful sides like Melbourne, like North Melbourne, and they're kicking big scores. And, of course, there's another division where the West Coast Eagles, and to a certain degree, Fremantle slipping into that, the division, where the ladder is split into the teams that are going well, the top half and the bottom half that's still got a lot of work to do. And the question is, was 18 teams going to 18 teams now on reflection maybe one where they maybe should have been a bit more reserved in growing the competition so quickly? It's a big ticket question, isn't it? Because, you know, you do look at the ladder and there are teams who clearly are a cut above and that has been the case for several seasons now. And the reality is that if we expanded to 18 teams any later than we would have, this problem would have basically been picked up and kicked down the road a few years. Um, so in that sense... It, it was really sort of unavoidable because if you left it any later, the teams that are at the top of the ladder currently would have got even stronger and that gap would have been even bigger in a few years' time. But what we do know is there is a lot of talent coming through the ranks now and girls who have played football their whole lives instead of being cross-coders or being told that they can't play women's footy at a certain age and being, you know, sort of forced to assess their options, those girls, there's now a clear pathway from the sort of very early ages of their life through to the top level leagues. So once we do start to see a bit more of that talent come through the door, the quality of the league is only going to get better and better. And at the same time, you know, the AFL has been very proactive in trying to establish concessions for the teams who have struggled so far and trying to get the level of the competition to a very competitive state. So it will take a bit of time, unfortunately. But for those clubs at the very top, they've got to embrace it while it lasts. Yeah, you make a lot of sense. That's why we've got you on the program, Eliza. Thank you very much for spending some moments with us. And uh, we wait and see where Michael Price sits with all this. Uh, certainly the statement came out yesterday. And we'll see how the West Coast Eagles bounce back this weekend. We appreciate your time. Uh, thanks for joining us.
Thank you. Good on you. Eliza Riley joining us here on Sports Day WA. Now for Polaris, Australia's number one selling side-by-side brand. Just a couple of uh, little bits here. Australian captain Meg Lanning has fired up at England star Nat uh, Skyver Brunt's decision to avoid the WBBL draft following her to land at the Perth Scorchers. Uh, last played in the WBBL in 2021, the English star. But Lanning's Melbourne stars, uh, well, uh, she was a member of that side previously. Uh, and the world number one ranked ODI batter also played for the stars during the first two WBBL seasons. She made herself available for the competition draft in September instead of pulling out with a knee injury. And then all of a sudden, uh, she's now poised to play for the Scorchers in the upcoming tournament after her England teammate, Danny White, pulled out because of fatigue. And Lanning said, as a club, as the stars, I certainly feel like we didn't get the chance to exercise our retention rights that we would have had she nominated for the draft instead of coming in this way. And Eddie Jones is committed to coaching the Wallabies despite speculation about his future after Australia's disappointing performance at the Rugby World Cup in France. We're going to take a break. That update for Polaris plate clearance deals are on now. Save $2,000 on the Ranger 1000 EPS plus get $1,000 free accessories. It's 5.30 here on Sports Day WA.